thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today, my guests are Philip Gillette and Morgan Galen King, the co-writers and directors behind the new film, The Spine of the Night. The Spine of the Night is an ultra-violent, dark fantasy rotoscoped epic that features performances from Richard E. Grant, Lucy Lawless, Patton Oswalt, and former following films uh, guest, Larry Fessenden. This is one of my favorite films I've seen so far this year. It absolutely speaks to a dormant 14-year-old inside me that I was really, really happy to connect with again. Uh, I had a great time uh, speaking with Philip and Morgan, and I definitely uh, recommend you check out the film uh, when it becomes available in theaters, on demand, and digital on October 29th. Hope you enjoyed the show. Oh, a big thanks to Bookmans for sponsoring it, and thanks to Fort Worth for letting me use the song at the end. Hello. Hey, Morgan. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing really well. Uh, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to do this. I appreciate it. Oh, well, thanks for talking to us. Uh, Phil should be here in just a second. He's. Okay. I think he doesn't. He doesn't have a second monitor that has all his all his stuff up. So I beat him into all of these today. How have the uh, interviews been going so far? Oh, good, good. Everyone's nice. You know, you get a lot of good questions. It's been, you know, I, it turns out I was really nervous about doing this. I've never done press before, but it turns out I love talking about myself, which I'm sure I'm sure my wife would also tell you, but I was unaware. That's fantastic. So you found a, a new skill. That's fantastic. Yeah, I, I don't know that I'm good at it. I just enjoy droning on about myself. My, my, if anything, my my conversation abilities have plummeted during the pandemic. <laughs> hey philip how are you hey how are you how are things? i'm good I, it's good. been a really long time it's been um, forever yeah uh, it's been... i hope you're i hope you're well i am i am how, how's your boy doing he is good yeah he is uh in second grade now which is crazy he did not want oh to go to school God. this morning and he was very pissed off but other than that he's fine <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's uh i mean we god it's been that long because he was pretty young when the first yeah. time we spoke so you were yeah, yeah. you're a new dad now you're yeah. it's old hat for you yeah now i'm like whatever get in that building <laughs> stop <laughs> yep, crying pretty much <laughs> <laughs> exactly and well thank you both for taking time out of your day to do this i really appreciate it um i love this movie um i i, I just wish this would have existed when i was 14 years old because i love it now but when i was 14 this would have been religion to me this is that it's speaking to that very <laughs> special spot so um, i'm wondering what the uh, inspiration for this story was uh, i mean well very much what you were saying you know i i saw a bootleg of heavy metal at around that time and it, you know that it was religion to me and i you know it felt like you just have to pay that forward and give that experience to someone else you hope so um, what about you, Philip? What was the uh, it was same sort of heavy metal? Thing yeah, or? very similar. I mean, you know, I didn't. Well, I guess I did. Probably did see heavy metal when I was about fourteen. But I don't think I really fell in love with this type of storytelling until a little bit later, like after I looked at like heavy metal the magazine and met her lot and and um, just uh, you know, I just love weirdo fantasy stuff. <laughs> so I mean, I, I and I always will. So you know. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a, there's a need for more weirdo fantasy independent stuff, but unfortunately, because of cost, it only seems to. It's more of the comic book domain where you can explore those kind of territories. Or in novels, um, we don't see this in adult animation. You know, kind of in air quotes um, in the United States very often. This is, and it's 
I think there's a, a need for it. And I'm glad to see that the reaction to this has been so positive because it's so, I think that they're, everybody's pulling for it. This mm -hmm. particular yeah. project, at least I was, I was like, I'm in the bag for this already. As long as it doesn't suck, I'm going to enjoy <laughs> this. And it far exceeded my expectations. I actually really love this. And this is, it's such a beautiful film to look at because I think rotoscope style animation has such a unique feel to it that it's otherworldly. It's not photorealistic despite its source and the way that it works. And it has unique quality. What was it about this style of animation that made you want to tell it? Because it wasn't the path of least resistance, that's for sure. Uh, that <laughs> path of most is, resistance. <laughs> yeah, so true. It is, I, you know, I, I think it often feels to people like it, it's, a, it's a shortcut or something because they can sort of comprehend how it's done just by looking at it. But it is notoriously among animators at least time consuming and difficult uh i think we chose it in part because like when i look back at the era i was growing up in like it wasn't it seems weird or like a rarity now but then it was all over the place you had i mean the bakshi films like the lord of the rings and fire and ice and american pop and uh you know heavy metal uses it extensively and it was like the the same era when like that aha take on me video was everywhere so yeah. it's like i mean rotoscoping in the fantasy setting was ubiquitous in my childhood and it as it, i know you know so it sort of fell out of favor as other um cheaper or less labor intensive or you know more children's oriented animation just really took over the world so it, it, bringing that back the thing that I loved felt like a really, I was in a unique position to be able to do the work and have an interest in doing the work and a love for it. And literally no one else was attempting it. So. So what about you, Philip? What about what, I mean, this is seven years, I believe something like that, something insane to get this thing turned around. Um, what, was that process like as far as you're doing uh, completing other films in this time frame, this time period from when you're working on this, when you started, how do you keep your kind of eye <laughs> on the prize and stay motivated through that? Cause I mean, if, if an interview takes more than two hours to edit, I'm done. I'm, I'm like, I just, you know, I throw it away. It's like, it was too much work. I mean, that's largely a question for Morgan because for me, you know, I can't draw. So I let alone animate. So, uh, you know, the, the bulk of the, the, um like you know bone crushing tedium was 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 handled by morgan for, for me it was it was like a, a great project in many respects because our my collaboration with morgan had been so and has been so strong and continues to be and then when he went off to animate i could go and do the other jobs that i need to do to make money and then help you know whenever he needed another eye on something or help finding background artists or whatever it was i could i could fulfill that role and then come in you know sort of the, in the last probably about the last two years we were, I was again, really active on the project, trying to get the sound design put together and do the, the voice casting and, and, you know, all the stuff that needed to happen to finish the film. But in terms of the seven years of, of bone crushing work, Morgan, how did you stay focused? Tell us what's your secret. <laughs> I mean, I wish, I wish I, there was a, there was a trick that we could pass on to everybody, but it is just brute force obsession. I think it's the only way to work on any single project for this long. And I think it helped too that we had to like, because we had live action reference footage for everything, we had a full cut of the film. So you were, you could all, it always felt like you were filling in missing areas. It wasn't like it was a, going in a nebulous direction. You always had like, 
you know, one more shot, it always, you know, it's like one more step up the mountain. You, you could always be like, okay, one more, and I'll do one more, you know, going to bed at five in the morning because our, you know, background artists are in Germany. So I had to be able to up late enough to answer their questions in the morning. It was a, it, it completely, like, you know, people talk about work-life balance, but I, I abandoned that entirely. And my, <laughs> and my wife was extremely patient for those years. So, you know, we, we made it work, but it was, I mean, mania, madness. No one should do it. Today's episode of the Following Films podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. Normally, when I do these spots talking about Bookman's, I'll mention something that I'm going down to, there to purchase, uh, be it a movie or a book or even a puzzle or you know houseware of some kind, something like that that I'm looking for. Uh, but today, um, went down to Bookman's to trade in a sound bar, a speaker bar. I was sent one to review, and after I spent a couple days using it, um, I already have two sound bars in the house, uh, two speaker bars. And so this is something that I just don't need an extra one. So I'm going to go ahead and return this, brought it down earlier. was able to get some trade and now I'll be able to turn this, what would have just been more clutter in my garage. I'm able to turn this into a couple of movies, books, and a puzzle for my wife, something that will actually be used as opposed to just taking up extra space. And that's something that most of us have some clutter in our home, something that um, isn't going to get used again, something that's just taking up space and why not take in those things that you're not using, trade them in and get something you'll appreciate because there's somebody else that that thing that's junk in your garage, that's something that could be exactly what they're looking for. So yeah, recycle something and get yourself something new at the same time. And as always, Bookman's has your cool covered. Enjoy the rest of the show. And you touched on something, Philip, with the, uh, the sound design, because that was really, I mean, the style, the animation, obviously, first thing that grabs you, but then you have the introduction to the film. It takes a while before the dialogue actually is introduced to it, and you're introduced to this world through sound as much as you are through the visuals of it, and I think the sound design here is really impressive. Yeah, so we, so a couple of fun facts about the sound design. We worked with a company in Brooklyn called Red Hook Post. Um, and we, incredibly talented people, they'd done a lot of genre work before, never done animation. We're very excited to do it. Um, and, you know, th there is, especially if you look at like old Looney Tunes or old cartoons, there's a certain style of, of um, sound design, which is sort of minimal. Like if you look, I mean, this is not a Looney Tune, but if you look at Looney Tunes, they're using their score to uh, punctuate sounds. And there isn't, the world doesn't have a sound. There's no room tone. There's no, not a lot going on. So when we first started working with them, and I almost didn't need to say it, but I was like, uh, like approach it like a live action, Appro approach it like it's Lord of the Rings or something. Like, like yeah. I, we, we need the, we need like layers of sound design. We need every space to feel unique, um, which they did an amazing job of. But my favorite fun fact about the sound design is that one of the sound designers is Abby Savage, who is on Orange is the New Black. She's one of the characters on Orange is the New Black. So, and I didn't know that at the time, but then I realized that it was her. And I was like, oh, do you want to do a voice for us too? So then she came on and voiced one of the, one of the um, bird assassins is, is also her. Uh, so she, we had, it was a real uh, fortuitous thing. And she's a fantastic actress and a fantastic sound designer. So um, wow, highly recommended. Yeah, yeah. And when did you start recording the the performances, the vocal performances, because I interviewed Larry Pheasanton a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about screaming in his closet for this. So yes. <laughs> when did you? When I did love you? Larry Fessenden. He, uh, so we, 
you know, obviously we recorded scratch dialogue when we did the original recordings. Uh, and then we started redoing the dialogue probably about, it was probably about two years ago, Morgan, right? Yeah, roughly? right. Yeah, so what I could, yeah. So marking it by COVID, uh, we recorded Joe Manganello in an, live in an actual studio where I was there in November of 2019. But everybody, right. everybody else was 2020. So everybody else was via Zoom. So Larry was in his closet. Uh, we made Betty Gabriel get in, I didn't make her, but she got into like her tiny, like scrunched herself into her tiny little armoire with a little microphone to redo her stuff. Um, Lucy was in New Zealand where there wasn't a lot of COVID. So she was able to go into a studio, but we had to do it via Zoom. But yeah, it was all, all of 2020 was, was redoing the, the vocals. Larry Festin is fantastic in this movie. I think, as I remarked to him, I think he was born to play a crazy prophet of doom who yells doom over and over again. I really want to make that my ringtone is just him screaming doom. It was so good. Yeah. He's fantastic in it. And in all, actually, the performances are really strong here. This is, uh, it, it is a performance piece, I think, that the, this is a character driven and a, it, there's a lot of ideas that are oddly salient now considering how long this process took that this is a very timely movie despite being this fantasy film it feels like it is very much of this moment right now um were there moments where you started to realize oh shit this is actually gonna people it'll be it's like the night of the living dead thing where you're dropping off the footage and then you know um martin luther king is assassinated you're like oh, well this is gonna play differently now than i had thought so did you start when did you realize this could have uh different impact or I'm sure that had to have occurred to you. Yeah, I mean, when we were working on it, I think we were both sort of like, you know, anticipating worst case scenarios for where everything was going, both politically, environmentally, socially. I thought you were right. Yeah. And yeah, there's a few moments, like there's a part where like, you know, our evil, uh, oppressive, uh, neo-fascist villain is, um, you know, they're all referring to him as the the God King or the God Emperor, which was uh, for us a Dune reference or maybe a Warhammer reference. It's in both. Also, of oddly prescient given that Dune is coming up. But go ahead. Uh, <laughs> yes. uh, and then it was, you know, we were like two or uh, halfway through the film when you know I saw on Reddit and elsewhere that a lot of very uh, amped up Trump supporters were using that same terminology for him, and I was like, well. We're going to redo the audio, but we should leave it in. <laughs> you know, if you want to draw that comparison, so be it. I guess I would say, like, cynically, what's that quote? Like, abusive power should come as no surprise. So I, I feel like, you know, we we had always sort of had that as a, it's going to be sadly evergreen to tell a story about abusive power. Uh, I think, you know, there's there's a, an environmental uh, aspect of the film that underpins it as well. But I mean, that has also been a crisis for a long time, but just as escalated as over the course of the making of the movie. So um, yeah, I mean, yeah, there was definitely a moment where it was like, oh, this is this is gonna feel different now than it would have had it come out, you know, five years ago. But as I said, I think, I think those are all pretty universal themes at this stage in human history or perhaps across all of human history to be ultra cynical about it. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and have you, the, the one thing I'm very sad about with this release is not being able to see this in a theater with a, with a group of people and being able to walk out and talk about this afterwards. And especially going to something like beyond fest and having people who had no idea what they were walking into and just, okay, this I'll go see this when they caught a couple names on it. 
and then this is what they saw without that kind of context and history behind what you guys were doing. And fuck, I wish I could have been there for that. Um, How is this playing with an audience with a large group of people? We've only seen it the once, Um, you know, because of COVID, we missed the entire festival circuit, really. Um, So we just went this last week to the Telluride Horror Show in Colorado. And it was the first time I'd seen Phil since the pandemic. And it was the first time either of us had seen it with an audience. And it was incredible. Like, you know, I never thought in my entire life that anyone would ever applaud anything I did. <laughs> so it was, I mean, an unbelievable experience. You know, we, we, we did like a Q&A afterwards. And people asked really interesting questions. We got to, you know, meet people who were really excited about it. It was I mean, I just signed autographs. It was pure rock star shit. It was ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) I should have been practicing because my signature is incoherent. Well, that that means you're on the right path. That's perfect. (laughs) If we can actually make it out, then that's not that's not a proper artist signature. True, true, true. um, Yeah, because it's this is the the kind of film that made me fall in love with movies. This is the kind of thing that I I watch too many movies. I spend way too much time. getting away from the responsibilities of my life and throwing myself into escapism. And it's rare that something can get me um, as a father of two to stay up past nine o'clock at night these days. And this was something that I, I, I have an 11 year old son now and I want to leave it on and walk out of the room so that he discovers it. I don't want to be responsible for saying, Hey, I need you to sit down and watch this, but I really fucking want him to see this. So, yeah, just, well, the Blu-ray will be out sometime next year. You can just sort of leave it on a table somewhere. Yeah. You are getting a physical release then. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. That's fantastic. Cool. Well, I know I, I got the, the warning that we're out of time, but thank you both so much to, for taking the time today. Congratulations on this film. This is wonderful. When can people see this? Um, I saw Shudder was in the credits, so you'll be getting a Shudder release? Yeah, so uh, Shudder will be next year. Um, we come out on October 29th um, in theater, like a, a, few, a few theaters in the US and also on digital. So that's like, you know, rented on iTunes, rented on Amazon, all, all that on October 29th. And the physical release will be sometime in between that and Shudder. We don't yet know the date. Uh, and I guess I should say, if people want to find us on social media, we on Twitter and Instagram are just at the Spine of Night, just the name of the movie. Um, on Facebook, where, where are we on Facebook? Morning? It's the same. It's, it's the same. Sign of night everywhere. And then if people want to keep abreast of everything we're doing, they should go to gorgonaut.net and sign up for our mailing list where we will um, show alternate posters. We'll, um, we're doing giveaways. We eventually will have a merch store if you want to buy t-shirts with uh, murderous skeletons on them uh, in the name of the movie we will sell them to you eventually they're, so the please. coolest shirts they're really, really cool yeah yeah <laughs> I, I saw the contest i saw the gray Thank shirt you. so yes I, I i'm on board for that at the very awesome. least you have a few sales from me much to my wife's chagrin yes you will i will be, I will be doing that thank you, but thank, you. Th- thank you both so much for taking the time today i appreciate it yeah. congratulations on the film it's thank fantastic you. you made something really special here so yeah and send me an email. Let's catch up. Uh, uh, not on uh, interview time. Yeah, great. I would like to. <laughs> right, cool. Thanks, Paul. Good to see you, man. Take care. Thank you very much. Right, bye Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope.
Boys crack.